0: Hey, what's up? We're back again. Another collab Leafs combo styles. Norm in London. Mike in Buffalo. It is Sunday, January 31st, 2021. The Leafs win streak stops at four. But hey, they got a point in a fifth straight game losing 4-3 to the Oilers. Mr. Ajello, what's your takeaway?
1: Good morning, Norm. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think even the most pessimistic Leaf fan has to be happy with the way the team is playing. As you said, mm-hmm. you know, points in five straight, seven of eight points in Alberta, which you know, two games against Calgary, who was struggling, two game two games against Edmonton, who has been struggling, and to get seven of eight, that's that's pretty good. But you know, I and I saw a few things yesterday that uh, that sort of irked me a little bit, and you know, a certain player who. Gets on my nerves every once in a while. Again, came to the forefront, and actually, in the in the two games against Edmonton, sort of stood out in the positive, and then stood out in the negative. And that's you know that's the double edged sword that is William Nylander.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, be careful. The cult will come after you. You, you well, better have a case.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Uh, for, for, for first game on Thursday night. Uh, you know, Neilander scored a goal. He scored, he, I think it was his first in seven games. He hadn't scored since opening night. Um, nice goal. Uh, three minutes left to go in the third period. Leafs up by one. He takes an absolutely dumb penalty that gives Edmonton a, a power play late in regulation. Mm-hmm. The Leafs kill it off. But, you know, just, just a, a, you know, a I think a careless you know, penalty that you don't take at the absolute wrong time. Um, last night, he scores a goal. Nice goal. Uh, Tavares yes. steals the puck. You know, he beats Koskinen. Second period, another brainless penalty where he tackles mm-hmm. the Oilers defenseman. And then we get the end-to-end rush, uh, Connor McDavid looking like Gilbert Perrault uh, goal uh, that every everybody, uh, you know, tweeted uh, the, mm-hmm. the gif of. And it was a fantastic goal, but, you know, Again, when you take careless penalties, especially against a team that has dry, you know, two of the best forwards in the league, like Dreisidel and McDavid, you know that's that's just you cannot do that. Brian Burke said during during the uh, the broadcast or before the broadcast, you know, these teams can't take careless penalties, and and that was you know no Toronto came back, they tied up the game, uh, and they got a point out of the game. Uh, but then, then in overtime, Nealander has an opportunity to win it. He gets stomped, stopped by Koskinen, and, and as Edmonton regathers the puck and McDavid mm-hmm. has it, Nealander goes to the bench on a change while Edmonton has the puck. Yeah, turns into a three, basically a three-on-one break with Tavares trailing McDavid and Dreisidel as they skate as they skate by him, and Dreisidel sets up McDavid for the game winner. And the Hockey Night in Canada cameras hand to Neilander coming off the bench or coming off the ice and then walking down the, uh, down the hallway back to the locker room. And I just have a feeling that the cameramen were basically saying, there's the guy responsible. Now, maybe I'm over, over, you know, accentuating this, but you know, a player with that kind of talent has got to play at both ends of the ice and make good decisions. And Neilander disappears at long stretches and sometimes when he makes good decisions in the same game, he undercuts it by making bad
0: decisions. OG's converts. What say you let us know below this post on YouTube or in community is Mike being too hard on William Nylander, or do you think he still leaves uh, elements of an overall game that needs to be played to be desired? You let us know and we can continue the conversation that spawn here on the social media aspect of the Leafs' combo, Twitter, and of course, YouTube. Look, William Nylander is a key player on this team. I mean, statistically, he's a dynamo. Um, he's the poster child for the analytics movement. They've dug in on this guy. There's not much criticism of him uh, from that faction. Others... Uh, feel like he's heralded a little too much. So they try to undercut him a little bit. At the end of the day, he's a great player. He's made some mistakes over the last few games. Do we hold that against him and the way he's developed over the last few seasons? I don't think so. If it persists, then, um, you know, we can say whatever we want to say. It's the guy behind the bench who's running the show. Sheldon Keefe will have the last say that'll be a controversy in and of itself. If it does unfold Uh, points in five straight games, Mike, the Leafs still, on top of the standings, you're going to play Edmonton every single damn night. You're going to lose to them eventually. Besides not being, you know, fully appreciative of William Nylander at this point, what else can you uh, pinpoint on that game and, and say, hey, um, that was either a negative or a positive the team can carry forward?
1: Well, I, I think the big positive, and as we've seen, um, you know through most of his four years in Toronto as you come out of the first month of the regular season Mm -hmm. and go into the into the heart of the season Freddie Anderson starts to heat up and 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 really he played great yesterday he's played really well over the last few games he's had to because Jack Campbell got hurt and I I don't think that they really want to play Michael Hutchinson much um so and you know the 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 schedule is fortuitous for the Leafs. They have four days off between the game last night and the next contest against Vancouver Mm -hmm. on Thursday. So it gives Anderson a bit of rest, and they're going to have to play him probably most of the starts until Campbell gets back. But he he has played much better. He the the save that he made on Josh Archibald with about ten seconds left to go, and you could see this unfold as you were watching the game. You saw Jake Muzzin stumble at the blue line. It wasn't something it was just a you know Mm -hmm. a, a stumble. You can't help that happening. But as soon as that happened, Edmonton jumped on the on the play, went odd man break the other way. And Archibald has a has an unbelievable chance late in regulation, and Anderson gets his left arm on it to to save the point. So he he's played much better, and they've needed him to. But I I think that the thing that people should notice, and it's a difference between last year and this year, is what the Leafs are getting out of their depth. They're mm-hmm. getting you know the, you know Travis Boyd scores a goal, Jason Spezza scores a goal. They get good good performances out of. You know Joey Anderson and uh, and Pierre Engvall, uh, Bear Bonoff. Even though he's not getting a lot of an opportunity, is has played fairly well. Uh, you know they're getting they're getting offense. Wayne Simmons has three goals and three in, in three straight games. I don't think they expected that out of him. I think they expected some contribution of physicality, but on the power play and even five on five, Simmons is playing real well. So that's the difference from last year. They, you know, very rarely did they get anything positive out of their third and fourth lines. So I think that's the difference and they're getting production as well from the core group.
0: Mike, you say that's the difference, but by design, it should be the difference. That is why, Kyle Dubas made the alterations and uh, the additions to this group during the offseason. So now here we are. And when the support players uh, are required to chip in, they have a better opportunity because they have a better skill set and a better understanding of what their roles are. This is the Leafs Convo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. I'm Norm. In Chicktawaga, New York, Mike uh, Jello. So Monday Tuesday, like four days off, three four days off for the for the Maple Leafs uh, coming off a run where it was every second night they were either playing the Flames or the Oilers. What does this break do for the Maple Leafs?
1: Well, Sheldon Keefe said after the game, it's basically like a reset where you know they're going to get a chance to get in a couple good practices and you know get some rest. Um, I mean, you saw the way he approached the game yesterday and he did this uh, in one of the games in Calgary where uh, he pretty much in the last, I would say, half of the game played four defensemen, maybe five. Uh, You look at the time on ice yesterday, Muzzin and Hall, uh, Brody and uh, uh, Riley were over 23 minutes. Bogosian played about 14, 14 and a half. And Miko Lettinen, who, you know, he doesn't really know too well, didn't have a lot of time to work with him, played under 10. That that imbalance can't continue. They if they continue to play their top four over 25 minutes, they're gonna you know be dead by the time the playoffs come around. So he's gonna have to have more confidence and more uh trust in in Letnin uh to be able to uh, use him for For more minutes down the mm. line, and 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 Travis Dermott when he gets back in the lineup, and and Keith was very uh, pointed in saying that you know Dermott has played really well, but they they need to get Letton in the in the lineup to see what 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 he's made of. So, um, I, I think that the next four days they're going to get some rest. They're going to try to try to get things a little more organized. I, I mean, people can't really complain since they're seven two and one, but a, a coach is always going to want to you know drill on the details. Uh, and at, at the end of this, they're a week closer to probably getting Joe Thornton and Campbell and, yep. uh, and Nick Robertson back. So they'll get healthier.
0: All hands on deck uh, during an 82 game schedule. The great teams don't really take their foot off the accelerator in a compressed season. Uh, that has to be the case. Um, and then some. So look, this this team can't go on any extended losing streaks. It's not about just losing ground uh, or the inability to add to a lead in the standings, but it's about momentum, Mike. And with with this group, with the with the role players having been changed out, players with more capability um, to s- support the top guys, there really shouldn't be. Uh, uh, an extended period of time that this team isn't producing and putting points on the board.
1: You know, on top of the depth guys, like I mentioned earlier, the core group is producing. I mean, uh, Tavares has 10 points. Matthews has scored Mm -hmm. uh, goals in five, I think five consecutive games. Marner is in the top five in the NHL in scoring. Um, you know, Nealander. I think he has nine points. And in spite of the fact that he didn't score a goal in seven games, he still got nine points. So they're getting production out of their core group and that's necessary, but that's why, you know, getting something out of players you don't expect to get something out of is even more important mm-hmm. because that on top of your core producing just makes you even tougher to defend. And that's, that's, a good thing about the Leafs right now.
0: Hey, good old Mitch Marner's shooting percentage is plummeting. Four shots against the Oilers on Saturday night. No goals, but he got another assist.
1: Well, I mean, Mitch, you know, right now Marner is having a, a great season. Um, I think you see the dynamics of him and Matthews, sort you know, working off each other. The the talent that that both of them have, and it, when you see that, you just shake your head at the fact that. Mike Babcock never wanted to put them together. And you wonder now what the hell was behind that because obviously it's a dynamic pairing and Tavares is working well with Nylander. So I, I, I don't get it, but uh, you, you can see how it may pay dividends down the line because anybody who plays with them is going to score points as well. And they're very, very tough to stop. And if Marner continues to be able to shoot like he has been. And apparently he's been working on his shot in the off season the last couple of years. And he says working with Matthews as well. And Matthews has got one of the best shots in the league. It just makes him a a more well-rounded player and a better player.
0: Yeah. Mr. Rocket Richard number 16 (laughs) on his way, on his way to a 40 goal campaign. Um, Forget about that night in and night out. Mitch is making incredible passes to his good buddy, austin matthews and he did it again on sunday those two guys really feel on any given night they're going to make magic and and that's you know that's not only a, a, essential to uh, the showcase of the team and and people being excited to to watch these stars as as they uh, reach the the peak of 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 their careers but it's essential that these guys night in and night out, and it's sort of the, the baseline of this conversation is to be, to be consistent and not have too many lapses um, be, because, you know, the way the season's set up, the way this team uh, has been built, where these guys are in their careers and what's at stake, there's no other choice. You, you, you have to succeed. Last point to you.
1: Well, Uh, the hallmark of this team over the last few years has been inconsistency has been the fact that they look like world beaters at one moment of the game and then disappear for a stretch. And over the, like last year, they would give up three goals in like a span of four minutes. And then you'd wake up and say, what the hell happened and spend the rest of the game catching up. But this year, those stretches have been few and far between. So I think that's a sign of maturity, and it's a, it's a reason for Lee fans to be very optimistic. And I just have to I just have to add this at the very end here, Norm. The jerseys last night. Oh yeah, that's the right. reverse. We talk about that. Yeah, the reverse retro jerseys are an abomination. No
0: way, I love them.
1: Well, okay, th- th- I'll just wow. I, I will I will just say this watching a game on television you cannot tell what player is what I a Chris Cuthbert deserves a, a, you yeah. know the the broadcasting version of the Oscar for being able to tell who had the puck when and where and and honestly I I, <laughs> I, I, I messaged some a friend of mine who's in who's in the business and I said <laughs> when you you know in a season where nobody is in the stands and everybody is watching on television, do you think it's important to be able to see what the numbers are and the names?
0: (laughs) I I suppose this circus would have been uh, better appreciated by 20,000 fans in the stands. Seeing those uniforms up close and in person is would most likely be one thing. Awesome. And they would, the teams would be able to sell gazillions of them. But uh, watching on television, I, I do get what you're talking about. Selfishly, I, I enjoyed the jerseys. I'd actually buy one. Um, I don't know. Maybe my wife can have one shipped overnight through Amazon or something like that. And we'll overpay for it. That'll be great. Uh, I think they're fantastic. OG's Converse is another talking point for you um, on the platform what did you think of the jersey it's not that big a deal something fun to to discuss in the meantime like this post please subscribe to the podcast if you if you wish if not that's okay we love when you keep coming back to support us mr a thank you so much for your time we'll talk to you soon